0: Hey everyone, it is Nick Bradley here and welcome to another week on ScaleUp. Well, actually, it's not just another week. It's a pretty special week because today is the 300th episode of the show. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I sometimes look back on the last few years, the journey that I've been on, and I pinch myself because I never would have imagined back in the day, back in the very beginning, that I would have got to 300 episodes. And the reason for that is I just didn't know what I was doing. I remember remember getting in front of a microphone, not knowing how to turn the thing on. If you listen to some of those early episodes, it sounds like I'm underwater. Hopefully, I've got better over time. But you know what? If I think back over 300 episodes, I've had the privilege of having some amazing conversations, interviewing some world experts on various topics. I've built businesses, I've created friendships, I've built networks around the world where I know lots more people. But most importantly, most importantly, is I've had this amazing platform called podcasting to be able to share my experience, share my message, and to help people. And every single week I get messages coming in from people saying that this insight, this perspective, this tip, this strategy has helped them in their business and their life. And there is nothing that makes me feel more joy and fulfillment than that. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of the the support you've given me over the last few years. It's the inspiration that I get from you guys that has got me to this milestone, and it's the inspiration from you guys that will continue to make me do this week in and week out. So, with that said, how do we celebrate 300 episodes? Well, in the past, I've had some pretty high-profile people come on the show and share the mic. Today, I wanna do something a little bit different. I want to invite my good friend, Mark Drager, onto the show. Now, Mark has actually been a guest before, but some of you who have followed my journey will remember back in the day of Clubhouse, I hosted a pretty big room on there, which was all about scaling up businesses, it was about acquisitions, and Mark Drager was the co-host in that room. So what I wanted to do for this episode is I wanted to invite Mark to come back on. I wanted us to have more of a conversational type of episode where we talk about all the various things going on in business. And I wanted it to be a little bit more relaxed than some of the stuff that we've covered in the past. So, you know, when you're scaling your business, it can't be go, go, go all the time. And one of my great mentors said to me once that, you know, know, sometimes you've got to slow down to speed up. So this episode today is called Scale Back. And it's going to be the start of what I hope is going to be a monthly episode called Scale Back, where Mark and I go backwards and forwards, a bit like a fireside chat, talking about all the things that are going on in the business world. But we also want to make this episode a little bit more interactive on a monthly basis by having you send in questions, ask various things, and I can actually use the show to be able to address the stuff that's really important to you right now. So, I hope you like it. A bit of a change, a bit of a different, different journey direction from where we have been in the past. But you know what? I think it's about time for us to start to be able to get you guys more involved. And Scale Back is very much about that. So, firstly, welcome back to the show, Mark Drager. And as I said from the outset, thank you to everyone. I hope you enjoy the episode. Good morning, good afternoon.
1: I'm not Nick Bradley. <laughs> My name is Mark Drager. Nick, are you there? I am here, Mark. I am. What, what are we doing right now? What is happening? Well, we're not prepared. I know that. <laughs> well, hold on. Some of us are prepared. So if, if you're if you're tuning in because you're a regular listener of Scale Up, you're thinking, who the heck is this guy who's talking right now? And, and here's what's happening. You are witnessing live the very first episode of what is a monthly segment that Nick and I are going to be doing. I'm going to introduce myself. You already know who Nick is. He's amazing. But uh, but. We are so prepared for this that we're not even quite sure what we are, what we're calling this right now.
0: That's what so, I mean. That's what I that's why I say we're not prepared. We're just having some fun, right? So people, this is this is the episode, right? The, the people, okay, you're prepared. This on, is got, the episode. I got a run sheet. I got, a run oh, sheet. I got potential
1: names for this thing. I am. This, so this ready is this to is go. the gym
0: episode. This is the this is the episode per month when someone's going for their long run or they're like thinking, I just want to kind of hear hear some interesting but useful stuff the two guys bantering away about what's going on in the world of business, entrepreneurship, mindset, growth, health. That's what this is. There you go. So, uh, I'll just quickly introduce myself. I was
1: I was lucky enough to actually be on a po- on on Scale Up uh about a year ago now. It was an episode called Why We Do Hard Things and Nick, it's because you flew uh, you did you did this epic trip? Do, do your listeners know about? How oh much God, I reckon travel? they're bored of
0: the epic trip. But let's 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 assume there's some new listeners, Mark, and they haven't heard of the epic trip.
1: Yeah. So you decided uh, to go to America via the rest
0: of the world. It was a world tour. I thought that yeah. you know there was years ago you used to be able to buy those round the world trips, like you could buy a flight, and they were super cheap. I kind of thought yeah, it might be like that. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was but nothing at, like that.
1: At one point, you stopped in my hometown of Toronto, Canada. And you spent the day with me and my wife. And while we were together, we recorded an episode, which was a ton of fun. But for those who don't know me, uh, I am, I'm I'm Mark Drager, and I'm a brand and positioning expert. I'm also a podcaster and storyteller. Uh, I have a podcast called We Do Hard Things, and I had Nick on in March of 2020. Was that 2020? God, you are
0: prepared, man. You even, you've no, even even got the, off the top t- of got my head. time frame.
1: I'm going off the top of my head. It was March of 2020 because I think that's when Clubhouse blew up, wasn't it? Or was it 2021? Maybe it was 2020.
0: I, th- I think it was when we were locked away. So 2020 yeah. was definitely when we, we couldn't do anything anymore yeah. for about yeah, so, a year and a half. So it was actually March of 21. I had you on my podcast because we met on Clubhouse.
1: Uh, you know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I've run, I've run a marketing and branding agency and a creative agency for 16 years. You, of course, are like, you blew my mind when I first met you because not only did I approach business uh, as like an owner-operator, like, like this is my, my purpose. This is my meaning. My team is my team. Like, so like mission-driven owner-operator, not at all introduced <laughs> to the way that like, hey, a business could just be an asset. Hey, there could be visionaries and integrators. Hey, hey there, you know, like you could own multiple businesses. You could acquire businesses for rapid growth. Like, like
0: when I got introduced to you, <laughs> you like <laughs> melted my mind. It's called a terms- paradigm shift, Mark. It's called like, you know, it's like I, I joke around about that whole matrix thing that's overused about red and blue pills. It's like when you see the world from a different angle, you never see it the same way again.
1: I, I could not believe how... Um, I knew that I was really entangled in my business. And I knew that I had this feeling, and I used to watch and I said to people even that, hey, you know, for every one of my staff members, what they're doing right now in my company is, is a step on their career path. But for me, this business is a shackle. <laughs> <laughs> around my well, ankle it, you know that both I can of those things have their benefits
0: both <laughs> of those things both of those things have their benefits mark you know certainly the first one maybe the second one you need to you know reevaluate but just for context for everyone listening so a lot of people who listen to the show first became aware of the stuff that I was doing from Clubhouse too right you know because that I was on there for, forever <laughs> Literally for two years, and uh, Mark and I ran a room. Uh, it was on it's was Wednesdays, wasn't it? Every Wednesday we did it. It was like early for you, sort of afternoon for me. Ran it for two or three hours, and it was all about business growth and business scale up. And we had some pretty big numbers in those rooms. We got into the few few hundreds in there. Um, you know, when particularly when Grant Cardone would pop in now and then. Um, so you might have heard of Mark Drager's um, nice dulcet tone voice before if you tuned in to Clubhouse a couple of years ago.
1: Well, uh, and the reason why I go back to this part of the story, just, I mean, I don't know if anyone listening
0: even cares about this, but it, it means something to Probably me. Probably not. They don't. But does, listen, doesn't, this is the point of this, is we are going to, just before you start, let, let's, let's set the scene. You are going to get a heap of value from this episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to cover some cool stuff. But this is the warm-up. Yeah. This is the warm-up act. Yeah, but there was a time where, where so you came on the podcast,
1: uh, we had an amazing conversation and it was one of, it was one of the first where I went back to my booking agent and was like, I want more of these types of conversations because you were so open and you were so vulnerable and you were so comfortable going anywhere we wanted to go. And I was like, there's something about this guy. And then we jumped on a call and you gave me a lot of time and you gave me a lot of advice. So very, very giving. And then I actually took, I actually had to take what I considered bold action, which is I reached out to you and I pitched you on helping you run your room. I don't know if you remember this, but but I actually sent so a note tough. where I was like, hey, Nick, you're amazing at this. But but and this is true for anyone who wants to be a podcaster, anyone who wants to be on stage, anyone who wants to, to create an info business. It's very challenging to play both the part of the expert and the host. And the reason for that is because you just find yourself talking all the time, right? Like, like, who are you in the audience's mind? And I was like, I pitched you on like saying, like, hey, let me let me run your room for you. And then you can just be the dude who who knows everything, which is in fact who you are. And uh, you were like, you were like, oh, okay. And that yeah, I was that pretty open like, to that. I was that pretty, felt like I, a huge ask for me. Like
0: I was like, wow, was it really? I was me-. mate. I was finding it difficult just to do everything in that room, right? Because as I said, it, it got a bit of popularity just simply because of its consistency as well. And it was like when you're trying to run a room in Clubhouse, it's like you have to think firstly about what you're going to say when someone um, asks a question. You've got to make sure that you're you know all the the other people are on stage there's kind of like these people who come up on stage and they share it with you and they're sort of experts in their niches and you have to make sure they're sort of being heard and listened to and all that sort of stuff and then you've got the audience right and they're all putting their hand up you know virtually and you've got to kind of have them in an order right? so it, it was tricky it was a bit stressful at times when the rooms were
1: busy i can tell yeah. you that the, the, the craziest room i ever had is this quick to note side was uh we were doing stuff with les brown and it was like oh, me yeah. and Les Brown and Evan Carmichael and we would all do we would all do these like Thursday evening rooms and there was one room where we had um, we had uh, at all times for three hours we had 800 people in the room but they're trickling in and out so we had tens of thousands of people come in and out but at one point we had like a hundred people on the stage
0: <laughs> and I'm it's getting crazy, back channel
1: it? stuff anyway so those are the old days but I pitched what? you on on saying like hey Nick and and that felt like bold action to me you had something, right? Like you had a community, you had a room, you had a regular thing. And I'm just, I'm just some guy, this is the way I saw it. I'm just some guy coming in and saying like, hey, can I help you do your thing better? But the obvious advantage for me was I wanted more exposure. I wanted more practice. I wanted to be a part of something. And uh, a few days later, after we tried it out, you sent me this note. I was out for a walk with my wife and you sent me this note and you said, hey, you're really good at this. And it was just that, it was just someone coming along. Uh, My friend, I've mentioned Evan already once, I've been friends with Evan Carmichael. Some people may know him, he's from YouTube, he has like 4 million subscribers and uh, I've known him for 15 or 16 years. I shot his very first YouTube video for him ever. And at a certain point, maybe six or seven years ago, he had one of these moments too, where he's like, hey, you're really good at this. And so for me, at any point where I take kind of a bold action, And then, and then later someone comes along and is just nice enough. And maybe now I'm teaching everyone how to manipulate me, but, (laughs) but, but anyone who just kind of on a random Tuesday afternoon or something, and I get a text and they're like, Hey, I've noticed something about you. And this is something you need to lean into. That means so much to me. And so from, from that moment onward, like seriously, Nick, anything you ever asked for, I was like. I was like, I am like a loyal guy, but uh, (laughs) here you are Here here. you're you're
0: here. You're here on this kind of this, this monthly episode of, um, of scale up now. (laughs) Well, I mean, context wise, again, just so everyone's kind of clear on this, by the way, just so you know, this is our 300th episode. What? I didn't tell you that. That was a surprise. No, that's, this is, this is 300 episode. So, so this is kind of, we thought we'd introduce a new, a new version of the show for the 300th episode. And as I said beforehand, th- this is a bit of kind of us going backwards and forwards on different stuff going on. But it's to help you also just understand how, how we work through things. Um, there are different things going on in the world right now, which we'll touch on shortly, which are having a big impact on people. Some of those things are, I think, really positive, like super, super positive, like the best time probably ever in my lifetime to be an entrepreneur, I can't wait to hear that because those aren't the indicators I'm seeing. Well, let me me get into it. Yeah, because the media in, in its kind of, you know, gracious way is making this look like doom and gloom and everyone should be just kind of heading into a cave for the next 10 years, right? Because, you know, inflation, economy, energy prices, all this. So I think, you know, you've got to be able to look at those two things and play your own lane in that. And I can tell you which lane I'm playing and yeah, more than happy to unpack why I'm thinking like that. Um, on, this, um, on this episode today?
1: Well, uh, we're going to get into the content. So as, as Nick mentioned, the, the goal of these types of conversations is first to have a bit of a more kind of behind the scenes talk, but we're going to focus on business, business growth, uh, business strategies. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship, the, 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 the challenges. And more and more, I've come to realize that entrepreneurship and, and what draws me to it, and I think you, Nick, and, and others, is the fact that for those of us who want to continually improve, who want to continually grow, we want to continually challenge ourselves. Entrepreneurship is the vehicle for that more than anything else. It's oh, like. yeah. And Absolutely. so we'll also touch on uh, personal development. I, I have a tendency of asking Nick these really strange questions <laughs> where I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> tell hey, me. I'm like, hey, man, you, you used to run um, uh, ultra marathons. This was a question I loved. Like, you used to run, run ultra marathons at two in the morning when you're tired, when you're hallucinating, when you think you can't go on. What do you tell yourself?
0: And, and you, told yeah, me that you would answer. ask me that. And I would tell you, it was like really simple because I, you know, there's I, not much you think it. about, like but, two, um, two weeks ago, I asked, I texted you another random question. I don't remember. That was really weird. <laughs> well, what, again, you're in the right place because I get literally, you know, 20, 30, 40 of those a day from listeners. So, and I get there all sorts. Go. Like I get, um, I, no, I actually haven't had a death threat for a while. I had one. Years Hold ago. On, you've had a death threat. Really? Well, I had someone send me a, um, a message once saying, I hope you die by drinking the devil's urine. Okay, story? What to make of that? Yeah, I don't well, the, the, well, I can tell you what it is. Like sometimes sometimes people ask me, you know, should I have a personal brand, right? Should I have a personal brand? And my answer to that is not everyone should have a personal brand. <laughs> not everyone should have one. I think I think depending on the business you're in, what your goals are, how comfortable you are being out there and having things that you stand for and against because you can't be in the middle right if you're gray if you're the, yeah, the vanilla this, person this is what hurts me because i'm i'm
1: canadian and i don't ever <laughs> want to offend anyone ever for wow. anything and more and more people are like mark you, you got to take a stand and it's like, you do
0: you oh, do like, but, but the po- the problem with taking a stand which is also the um, the great thing off. about it <laughs> you piss people off and you get some crazy dude in i don't know where he was from it was it was it was some
1: Forever it was in america i will say it was term, american i guess
0: um, right it was kind of like a, an overly religious thing. I don't know. Maybe I said something weird on a show once. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not like every second word is an F word or anything. Yeah. But um, anyway, yes, yeah, so I got that. And then, But then, you know, the other side of the coin is I'll get people who who say, listen, I've, I've listened to every single episode of your show. And they'll, they'll go back and they'll kind of quote things that I'm like, I was half asleep when I recorded that shit don't don't admit that (laughs) no well because like you know there was a point in time where i was doing this when the kids were asleep at like two in the morning like i'd I'd do a run then i'd come back and record an episode right that was that was the early days
1: so at the end of this at the end of this episode i want us to name what this is and i have two suggestions for you
0: okay good Uh, idea
1: i will let you decide this is this is your uh you're the captain of this ship um, or you can choose to throw it out to the audience if you want. But here are the two pitches I have, and then I'll... I'll okay, let me know let's,
0: me. Let's, we're going to put them out there now, and then we'll make a
1: decision yep. at the end. Okay, good. Okay, so pitch number one, this is a bit of a weird one, is uh, down at the bar. Now, why did I come up with that? Why say down at the pub.
0: Big? The pub's more of an English and Australian thing.
1: And and it could be, except for I've had the privilege of uh, meeting you in person a few times. Uh, we, we've spent time in Tampa and Orlando together. Uh, we've gone to conferences together. And and for everyone who's listening, Nick is a master, a master of connecting with people. Like I've watched you, and and you'll come over to me, and you'll be like, "Hey man, I, you know, I'm I'm an introvert as well, or you know, this is hard for me as well." And then you'll just like breeze in from conversation to conversation. I say that to make you feel connection. better, Mark. I say that to make yeah, you feel like yeah. you know,
0: let's be. I'll be honest, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll be honest. But but here was the, here's the greatest thing, when when we were together a few weeks ago. And we actually talked and we came up with the idea for this very thing almost every time you'd like i gotta go do X, Y, will meet you down at the bar i'll meet you down at the bar and <laughs> and we not only met down at the bar uh in, in orlando then we went to a totally different city separate like i went to tampa for a conference you went to tampa to watch a football game and then you drove to the hotel we were having the event at and you're like hey i'll meet you down at the bar
0: so <laughs> So <laughs> I it's feel subconscious. Like... It's subconscious, mate. It's, it's like it's the Australian kind of culture of drinking and meeting and socializing in places that serve alcohol, which is obviously ingrained in my brain. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, but so I feel like that this is this is the same type of conversation we would have down at the bar while you should be networking and I should be networking. But instead, we just hang out and talk.
0: So yeah, that's, that's, okay. right. that's a good one. one. I like that. I like the, I like the um, explanation for it too. That makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I do overthink things.
1: Uh, and the second one, which is, which, which is uh, maybe a little more on brand is this is scale up, right? This is scale up your business This is scale up with Nick Bradley, but what you and I are doing maybe is, is a little bit more behind the scenes. So what about scale back?
0: We could, we oh, could I like that. I like that better. I like that better. Not, not that I'm not that I'm against the bar one. Cause you're right. That's more of an in-joke between you and I, um, Yeah, because this this is a little bit of of kind of looking around at where we're at, right? You know, so it is we're not trying to necessarily push boundaries on this episode. We're not gonna jazz this up or anything. I mean, like, I was before
1: I was getting in the mood. I was I had some music playing, and then I was like, nah. Yeah, so maybe this is just a scale backup.
0: Oh, I quite like that. And as I said, I, I'd like I'd like this episode to be the one that people kind of just chill out a bit to, right? So this might be the one they go for a walk on a Sunday and kind of just you know maybe they're planning their week, right? And they're thinking, hey, you know, maybe there's some perspectives that can help me shape what I'm trying to do. It's that sort of thing. I'm not we're not trying to hit it out of the park on this episode, even though I'm sure there'll be some nuggets that people will take away. Maybe even like the personal brand thing I just said. What do you mean I don't need a personal brand? Everyone's telling me I need a personal brand. Oh my god. Uh, maybe not. Maybe you need to hang out with someone who's got a personal brand and then all of your goals will be achieved. <laughs>
1: I'll let that hang there for a second. So, so do you want to wait till the end of the episode or like the typical um, leader, uh, visionary and entrepreneur that you are? Do you just want to go from your gut? Cause you've already said, Oh, I like, I like scale back. Better. Let's do that. Let's
0: do that. that. I, and if we put it out to the audience, I'll get someone else trying to, you know, kill the me devil's from, from urine. Uh, let's not go there again. That was weird. I didn't tell my wife that mind. You should probably hear this now. <laughs>
1: Does she listen to your stuff. Does your wife my wife does not no. listen to a single stitch no. of anything that I do. And I'm glad. I'm glad that they
0: don't. I have this, I have this um this kind of game I play, right? So we're all in the car, right? We've got Spotify or whatever else. And um the kids are playing like Blackpink or whatever they're into, like, you know, crazy Ooh. Korean pop music. Okay. And um and I will just put on my podcast. I'll say, Oh, th- well, let's have a listen to this, right? And I'll put on an interview and like the girls just go mental. I get so much grief. Oh, damn, it's so sad. Ugh. I, uh, uh, <laughs> I,
1: I have, I have you, speaking of Blackpink, I know you're, you're taking your kids to London uh, to go see the Blackpink concert. We, we connected on this as well because I couldn't get tickets for my local concert. So my daughter and I in two weeks are flying to Atlanta for a few days to go see a concert. But um, I have four kids. My oldest is 16. My youngest is eight. And, um, and whenever they happen to be like, oh, I saw your Instagram thing. I was like, "Oh no, what did I say?" Um, if people come up to me at the gym and they're like, "Oh, I was listening to the podcast," I think, "Oh, gosh, what did I
0: say?" <laughs> I know I get that at school. Like, I get it in the school pickup. This this guy, "Oh, if you could, uh, yeah, I was listening to your podcast." And I was like, "Oh, okay, great, this is good." At yeah, the school pickup,
1: <laughs> Did <do> you ever <laughs> right. does that bother you? Like, I I do not mind no. all of you listening right now. I love it. Like seriously, like I I hope it helps. I hope we can have fun. I hope we can become friends but people in real life who come up to me I like I I I have a tendency of saying things like very openly very vulnerably with a lot of confidence that later I'm like ooh uh, I I don't know if I want real, people I, don't, in real I, life. I
0: don't you can't again back to the whole personal branding point you can't have a platform like this right be a youtube channel and worry about stuff like that you just can't yeah cuz right? cuz all, all of the time you're thinking oh but it was only for those people to hear it right not yeah. for these people but it's an open source right anyone can you know, get I, access to it
1: I had um do you know Kelly Carlin? Kelly Carlin is, uh, is George Carlin, the comedian's daughter. No, I don't know. So, do you know George Carlin? He's like one of the. He's like on the Mount Rushmore of, he's like with Richard Pryor. He's like, he's like one of the original. I know Richard
0: comedians. Pryor and I know those guys, but
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had, a I had her on the podcast yesterday and I was talking to her about, um, about just the courage it takes to, to actually be a comedian and to actually be a leader and to actually say these things. And, um, and it's remarkable to me because because every time that you take a bolder step forward, uh, whether this is in business or whether this is in your own growth or whether it's finances or taking a stand on something, you're you're, you're kind of uh, choosing to separate yourself from the pack because you're gonna you're gonna alienate yourself to your point from a certain yeah. group of people. And so um, we're gonna get into some of the topics that are happening. We're gonna talk about planning for 2023. Um, we're gonna talk about um, business trends and and some marketing things. But um, would you say over the last year you've gotten more comfortable at this, or or what's a good question? Describe yourself as a chippy guy. Um, um, have you always uh, been that way? <laughs>
0: um, the podcast has now been going for what are we now three and a half years, coming up to four years in the beginning of um, 23. So have I got better at it? Um, my, my thoughts on it have evolved. Right, so in the beginning, I was probably more conscious or self-conscious about different things. Um, these days, it's just it's more of a habit than anything else. Like it's just I do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't that's overthink the technical, it.
1: Technical though, but I'm talking about being willing to take a stand. I'm oh, willing to 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 make a cl- like. For example, I'm a very I'm, I'm a very progressive guy, um, and I found myself uh, a little while ago in a group of really conservative people, I fit right in, right? As long as I'm not talking about my progressive views.
0: <laughs> and I don't, I don't and really so have like, those sort of views. I mean, this you know, is the other thing, right? You know, so i, I tell you how my, my psychology around this, right, is there's so much noise in the world, right? So many different polarizing things going on. And if you, and, and, and we're exposed to it right? We're more exposed to the granularity of those things than ever, just because of the way we consume media, right? You you can be plugged into media in multiple different channels with multiple different perspectives and opinions sec every second. Right? So my approach to that is just not to, not to plug in. I I just, I just don't plug into it. Now, some people say they don't, um, they don't read or listen to the news, whatever. watch the news. I, I haven't done that for years, like certainly a lot longer than when I've had the podcast. But these days, if something big's happening, I ask the question, you know is 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 my is my opinion here going to help what I'm trying to achieve and what I'm trying to help others to achieve, or is it just going to distract me and pull me into a direction where I just I haven't got enough time to do some of the things I want to do right now? so why why do I want to play that game right that's that's how I approach it. so so, in terms of do I have an opinion on things, yeah, i do if if they are kind of affecting the stuff that I'm interested in. If it's not, then I just don't play with it. And you hate drama as well, though, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I think, I think drama is used as a way a of, well, it can be a weapon, but it can also be um, a form of procrastination. Right? People, people get sucked into stuff that affects them emotionally, which stops them doing the things that they really should be doing or want to be doing to create the life they want.
1: Hmm. I finally got around this year to reading the book uh, by Mark Manson, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a... Oh, yeah. I don't know if we swear <laughs> on this podcast or not. Do you swear? Yeah, we it? can swear
0: a little bit. I don't, I don't... I make sure it's not every word, like some podcast. Okay. But yeah, yeah, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck is the, is the book, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I bought it a
1: few years ago, and I just wasn't ready at the time, I don't think, to listen to it, which in itself was interesting to me when I reflect back on it, because it was just like the first few chapters, it just felt too... like It's like F this and F that, and it felt like, it felt like a shtick. And then um, this year, I decided to, in the spring, I decided to reread it. And um, I think one of the biggest takeaways, there were a lot for me, but the biggest takeaway was like, hey, <laughs> maybe this is the whole premise. There are only so many Fs you can give about things. Make sure that you apply those Fs to the things that matter most to you. Yeah. Most people give an F about all the things that don't matter because then it makes them feel busy as you mentioned, right? Like that's like it, it. That's like it. You it know what? You that's interesting. Feel yeah, like cause... you're busy. It makes you feel like you're doing something important, but frankly, you only have like, if you only have 10 F cards to give today to something, make sure that you're giving, giving an F about the things that matter most.
0: Yeah. I mean, that reminds me actually, I'm just going to pull something up here that I, um, I sent a couple of days ago. Let me see if I've got it here. Because I actually, I mean, I read that book a long time ago um, when I was kind of I think moving more into my sort of entrepreneurial world.
1: It's worth a reread because there's actually a lot to it. And there was actually a part in the middle of the book that hurt my heart so much. I had to stop stop listening to it because it just hit too close to home.
0: Well, I mean, but that's a great book though, isn't it? I mean, I I believe, you know, I I read a lot um, and some things connect with me because they're a message that I need to hear at a certain time. But something like you just said then, which I think is an interesting distinction is, Probably what I said to you has come from that book and other books, like I've definitely my, my thoughts around that idea of you know connecting with things that, that you know matter versus not et cetera et cetera has come from uh, from different experiences. but I had something a couple of weeks ago, I'm trying to find it here because it was really powerful It was so powerful head's. that
1: you remember it
0: no i could i could <laughs> i could, no, I do I can't remember it I can't remember it, but i want I want to kind of almost read it because it was. Am I allowed, it, am I allowed to, to poke fun at you on your own podcast or no? Oh, yeah, of course you can. It doesn't. It's like, what, what, what's the same? Water off a duck's back, mate. <laughs> I don't let things like that affect me. All right. So where is it? Here it is. Okay. Got it. Okay. Ready for this one? Really, really, sim- really simple, really simple thing that will change your life, right? Ready for it. Okay. Do what you say you're going to do. When you say you're going to do it without exception.
1: (laughs) What, what you just said is one of the hardest things for us to do.
0: Well, us or you,
1: (laughs) I was going to say me. And then every time I say me, because I've told you this many times, you always respond with it's it's all of us, mate. That's like literally a quote. You say, what's it's all of us. And I go, well, what about this John? It's all of us. We all face that. What about this? Uh, I remember when, when I first met Evan Carmichael, I joined his mastermind group, and it was about two or three years in, so maybe this is like 2009, 2010, and every month we were supposed to set goals, and I set a goal, and he really pushed me on it. He said, Mark, are you going to do this? And I said, it's a guarantee. And then I got really busy, and I forgot, Whoa. and so I came back the very next month to the meeting. And I looked over my goals, and I was like, oh, shit. I, it's not that I didn't want to or didn't intend to. I, like, I, I just actually forgot. And he goes, so that is a Mark Drager guarantee? Oh, and he never let it go. God, He never let it go. Month after month. We were, in this, mm. we were in the mastermind group for 13 years together. If I mentioned to him in passing a Mark Drager guarantee, he would, he would jump, he would jump on it. He's never let it go. And it was a really great lesson, but do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it.
0: Without exception.
1: I know, but it's just like, <laughs> but here's the thing. And, and maybe this is a scalable issue. Maybe this is a visionary issue. Maybe this is something, but if we're just talking about me and I'll just, I'll just focus this on me. So much of, what I do, um, happens in my head. And then, uh, I have to work really hard to get it to other people to actually make it happen. And so sometimes I tell people, Hey, we're going to do this. or We're going to do that. And I work really hard. If it's for someone else, I work, I work really hard to make sure it happens, but I am inconsistent and it bothers me. Like, it's just, it just, I don't know.
0: Well I mean you know remember remember effective effective communication is not what you think you sa- said it's what someone heard right so yeah. so sometimes you know the people the people I've been around that have been the best at getting stuff done right you know maybe a frame of that that sort of quote I just said are the ones that simplify stuff right so they don't they don't try and make it too complex for people or too confusing and there's a i'll give you an example of this. there's a guy that i used to work with i won't say names and he was a master at making something simple so bloody complex in fact he used it he would never admit this but we all saw it he used it as a way of making him um sound more intelligent or I do I do yeah the lots of people and, do it
1: that's why i bring Tony it up robbins was the one who pointed it out not that to me. He wasn't like, hey, Mark, you do this. <laughs> he, you know, he was at Unleash the Power Within. And he talked about the fact that we use complexity to make ourselves feel smarter. We do. Was like, to make ourselves
0: oh, feel better. No, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a real big thing. I mean, this is an important point for people to listen to. Like um, this particular individual, like he would write a, a post on LinkedIn, for example. Right. So he was, you know, doing some stuff on that. And it was a beautifully written post. And I said to him one day, I said, I said, dude, I don't know what you just said. I have yeah. no idea what those words are. Like they were big, long, beautiful, glorious words. And he, and he thought that was a good post. And I'm like, if you're trying to grow a business or you're trying to do whatever he was trying to do on that particular thing, you, no one's going to understand you, let alone want to even hang out with you. You might get some intellectual who wants to kind of say, oh, that was a good post. Oh, I love that post. But that person probably hasn't got a business either.
1: Yeah, super heady, super heady stuff. Um, it's, it's so funny because frankly, uh, at, at, our, at our brand strategy agency and the work that I've done, what I'm best at is taking super complex ideas from others and simplifying it to the point where at least I can understand it. And if I can understand it and explain it to someone else, then I know I've, I've made it in super simple terms. And there yet with go. my own stuff, <laughs> it's like impossible. Uh, and so I've just continually worked, especially over the last, I would say year, I have tried to focus really, really hard on making things as simple and clear as possible.
0: There you go. So everyone underline that. <laughs> not, going to the,
1: not going to the thesaurus, not trying to pick all of these amazing adjectives, not trying to um, you know, go like, okay, we, we want to communicate three points. So how do we stitch all three points into a single sentence? Where then when you read it and you're like, Is that a, what does that even mean? right? So like, just make things as basic as possible. Just this weekend, I was thinking about one of our products and, and this was the email I sent to myself. If people want a house, my family builds homes. Right? I, I grew up in a construction family. They build homes. Yeah. If someone needs a car fixed, my brother-in-law owns a body shop. right if, I, I, I used you in this. If someone wants a high-value exit, Nick can help them position their company for a high-value exit. Uh, we have a common friend, Anthony Trucks. If someone yeah. wants an amazing speaker, they hire Anthony Trucks. And then I said, <clears throat> if someone wants blank they go to Mark. What, what the fuck does Mark do? <laughs> right? like, like because, because I love so many things, right? I, I love hosting. I love emceeing. I love being a, pod, uh, a podcaster. I own a creative agency. In our creative agency, we do brand strategy and we do copy and we do positioning and we do design and we do creative production and we do televisions and it's like commercials. And it's just like more and more and more and more. I've been doing this for 16 years. I can go back to any point in my business and just, if you need help, I'll pluck out whatever service I need out of the hundreds of things I can do for you. And I want everyone to know that I can help anyone with anything they need help with, because we can do anything. And it's just like way too confusing.
0: (laughs) Well, it's, 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 it's the, um, the recipe for it not working, dude. Cause like, you know, know. there, there was a, there was a thing I um, I read years ago by this guy called Sam Ovens, right? Who was doing this he had a a, a business course called consulting.com. And actually I, I got to meet him um, he used face to, do to face. These commercials where he's like, "I have a motorcycle well, in my." Well, he was house. in San Diego. He was at this event <laughs> I was at. He was actually in the room and he looks like Jesus these days. He's got massive hair and wears like sandals and, and stuff. But um but he he said something quite interesting in in one of his ads or whatever. He was saying you don't want to be the guy or the girl, right, who 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 gets to carry out the trash. And his point was, there are so many people out there, particularly in the service industry, right, where they have a service they're providing, but it's so unclear, or there's too much that they offer, or they're too needy, so they need the work. All of these things are bad, right? And you become the person who just does anything that your client wants, because it's not focused enough. And so it's like imagine imagine how pitiful it is that you, you 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 want the work so badly that you'll you'll take out the trash for your client I've 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 done that No I, <laughs> I Oh my god
1: No like 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 oh, the story I'm thinking about the fact that I went to Ed Mylett's book launch And maybe you'll forgive me for this but I went to Ed us book launch you carried to, out help the trash. Them, to help them run the place uh, to help them run the event uh, behind the scenes, and so I got to hang out with Ed Milette and Marie Forleo and Dean Graziosi and uh, Jim Quick was there and Jenna Kutchner. Like so, so I got to spend two days with them, but I wasn't I wasn't there to MC. I wasn't there to run the event. I was there to help. I got Ed's coffee. I vacuumed the red carpet. When the event was over, I I I picked up the trash, and helped move the chairs. Now, no one else who was volunteering like me, there were a bunch of other people in the in the ecosystem. No one else did that. I took it as a sign of pride, like, you know what? I'm here to work. I'm here to give value. I'm gonna go ahead and do that. Like a volunteer. Like I was at a church or something, right? Like, you know, you roll a you It right?
0: depends on why you're there, right? I mean, if you're
1: there, if you're there to I, there I mean the just, other thing just to give value and give back. But but I've mm. also I've also like <laughs> <laughs> we had the attorney general. We did this commercial shoot, and maybe this is why it's like I don't know. Maybe I'm successful because I'm willing to do this, or maybe it's like I wasn't able to scale past a certain point because I'm still willing to do this. But we had the attorney general on camera, and he was chewing gum, and we were about to roll camera, and I held out my hand, and I said, "I need your gum," and he he had no he had no um napkin or anything, and and I said, "Just just give me your gum. I don't care," and he's like, "Ah, man, I'm not I'm not gonna just take this out of my mouth." And I was like, "Literally, we need to roll camera. Everyone's waiting on you." Just give me your gun. And he like spit it into my hand. I'm cool with that, right? Like it does not bother me at all. But but your Sam Ovid story tells me also that. Well, listen, everything in maybe. <laughs> no, in the art
0: of um in the art of persuasion, let's call it that, or the um or framing, right? Like, you know, everyone everyone has a hierarchy or a frame. It just depends where you want to sit on the hierarchy. Like, you know, um, people there's, there's a difference between service right you know being um open to do things versus doing stuff that produces your power frame right like because otherwise you don't you become known as that person you're the person who just kind of turns up and does stuff right <laughs> and there's and that's you know the, I remember um there's a guy called Myron Golden who wrote a really interesting book um which I got at one of these events I was at and he talks about the hierarchies of value right and the lowest level of value is the person who just does everything Right. Like the person who turns up and implements or executes, as opposed to the person who comes up with the idea, it's the lowest level of value. So if you're positioned in that way, you think it's probably helpful. Right. And you're serving, but another person might see it as that's low value. So it depends yep. on what your goal is. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this, and this comes back to another thing that you introduced me to. Uh, you, you introduced me to, um, you know, Dan Sullivan at Strategic Coach and, yep. and Ben Hardy wrote a great book, uh, you know, Who Not How. Um, i've watched in you uh because we get the chance to work kind of behind the scenes and, and meet monthly and other things but i i've seen that you are a, a who person through and through and i'm a how person through and through and it's just like um the more that i can the more that i can expand into what 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 you do will strengthen me and i think the more that you can expand into my approach i think strengthens as well but I want to shift gears a little bit. If you're cool with that, I want to. Talk yeah, we about should. Let's get into, we've
0: been rambling on. We should get into, I was just thinking we need to get into, um, into that, but I just want to finish off this point around the levels of value, because I think it's a useful thing for people to understand. So the lowest level of value, according to the stuff that I was reading from Myron is implementation. So kind yep, of just do a the, lot of that. So just <laughs> the doing, and the picture that he's got here in this book is a person holding a, a janitor's kind of, um, bucket with this, with a, with a mop. that's that's implementation the next is unification so this is this is what he calls second second this is this is kind of like um management to some extent so managing people to do the work so you're not doing the work yourself but you're managing the people to do the work i suppose it's like being a, a team leader at mcdonald's right then the third level is communication so your ability to communicate something right so speaking is one of those things like we're doing here But the fourth level where a lot of the value is and certainly where a lot of money is is in imagination which is ideas so coming up with concepts you know innovating so i just thought i'd share that with people because it's quite an interesting way of thinking about where you may sit if you want to earn more money in your business for example and this is why the big steve jobs and the musks and those have you know billionaire status is because they are creating and solving bigger problems so there you go
1: and would you say that the the, the thing that moves you up that value ladder would be uh, experience, confidence, and trust. I mean, I'm trying to think what would keep someone from moving up one level. And for me, it's like confidence just, is definitely I, one. But I, it's, confidence it's, it's and trust it's, are the things that would well, no, it's, the it's, it's, you move it's, up. It's, the more you have to rely on on others,
0: it's mindset and network. I mean, you know,
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: I mean, like, <laughs> I go, like you know, I go,
1: it, is it is it these internal intrinsic values? Is it these limiting self beliefs? And you're like, it's your network
0: (laughs) well it's mindset as well it's it's it comes back to and i talk a lot about identity on scale up anyway but it's like it's the vision you have of yourself right which might be self-actualized so it might be kind of who you're becoming as opposed to who you are right now and it's who you surround yourself with right you know it's it's it is as simple as that in my mind and from those things you'll develop confidence maybe trust in yourself etc etc So, but anyway, I agree with you. Let's switch gears because yeah, I want to I want to affordable... talk about 2023. Uh, okay, uh, forecasting. So you
1: mentioned uh, off the top that that really there's a lot of doom, there's a lot of gloom, right? We have in hype, we have I don't know, I don't say hyperinflation because that's an actual term, but we have we have inflation, we have increasing interest rates, we have uh, I saw yesterday a hundred percent prediction that 2023 will carry a recession with it. Uh, so the stock market's all over the place. I survived in my business 2008, nine, barely, barely, barely. Um, I have been afraid of a recession through most of like 2012 to 2017 when all the indicators were like, when's the recession coming? It happens every seven years. And then we had this pandemic and then now we have the aftermath of it. So how is it that you are hopeful and what are you seeing that the rest of us, uh, are not seeing <laughs> well cause honestly it's like whew, 2023 might be a really tough year
0: I, th- I think we can we can reverse this into the foot into the planning piece I was talking about because we're 70 as we record this right and depending you might listen to it at a different point we're about 75 days out of 2023 right so so I just want to say one point is a lot of people plan their 2023 kind of at Christmas time. Or in February. <laughs> about a week. <laughs> or actually, we well, don't I'm not even gonna entertain that idea, right? Oh, it's we're already two months in and now we're gonna plan the year. Like you're not gonna have a great year if you do that. But you know, the the cadence I always prescribe to is plan, start planning the last quarter before the next quarter, right? So you should be thinking about your goals for next year now. Certainly. You've got time now if you start now. But um to your point, right. So this is an overused kind of piece of data, but it's true if you actually go and research it, is some of the greatest companies start when there's a huge amount of disruption, right? And if you, if you're an entre- if you are an entrepreneur, right, and you have um, an ability to be able to rise above the noise by looking at the opportunities that are created from problems, right? So you don't see, it's a whole glass half, half full thing. You don't see the problem. You see the opportunity that it creates. There are more things that we can do now to launch something, to acquire, you know, all the stuff that I talk about. There's so many different opportunities for building great businesses that can make big change, build wealth, generational wealth. It happens, in my opinion, easier when you're in a point of flux, right? Or a transition than it does when everything is great. Like when the economy is great, it's actually quite harder to compete because there's just
1: so much opportunity and money everywhere, right?
0: Yeah, and 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 the other thing I think, which is the big game changer, and we touched on it before when when I mentioned the whole mindset piece, is you know depending on how you show up and how connected you are with you know your emotional state and things like that. Like, in, in for someone like me, right, who 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 asks a lot of themselves and and pushes others to be like that too. When everyone else is like complaining about how crap everything is, I'm like, it's go time. It's, it's massive go time. It's like, whoa, like everyone's just decided to stop. Wow. I just had this image in my head. So, so let's say that you're able to
1: operate at 100% when times are good. 100% efficiency, 100% productivity, 100% returns and everyone else is busy operating at 100% too. Some people are at 90, some people are at 110, some people are a little behind you, some people are a little ahead. If a recession hits and you have to drop down to 60 or 70%, but you're still pushing super hard to earn that 60 or 70% and everyone else is taking their foot off the gas and they're now hitting 10, 20, 30%, even though you're down from where you were, mm. you're still going to be a lot further ahead than everyone else. That's and isn't it. everything just a relative game?
0: That's the spot. You've nailed it because i mean i i I have this belief that um success in anything in many cases is a process of attrition right like you don't you don't have to be better (laughs) you just have to not give up first (laughs) it's true if you look if you look if you really look at um the greats right the great business leaders the great entrepreneurs if you go and study them i do i do a lot of reading of biographies of these people right because i learn a lot from their decisions and and the actions that they take um, a lot of the greats are the ones that had the biggest failures, or the or had the most failures before they were successful. They just didn't stop. I love that so much. I I
1: just finished uh, Bob Odenkirk's. I, I I love memoirs and biographies as well, but I I prefer actors and musicians and like directors and stuff because I think the creative side is just so interesting. But do, do you know Bob Odenkirk from Better No, Cost I know because
0: you're more creative than I am generally. But no, I, I haven't. I don't read. <laughs> No, I, I read business books, right? Yeah. I, well, I read sports books as well. I suppose your, your kind of attachment to kind of that creative side is probably That's where, where I am with sports. sports yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So Bob Odenkirk was in um, Better Call Saul. He was uh, yeah. in Breaking Bad. Uh, he was on a show called Mr. Show. He was a Saturday Night Live writer. And it's super, super interesting to me. And I'll, I'll cut this really short. But, but basically, uh, he wanted to be a, a comedy writer his whole life. When comedy writing, comedy writing, comedy writing, went to Chicago, uh, went to Second City, got a job at Saturday Night Live, worked there for a bunch of years, just worked and worked, did the whole poor thing, built a huge network of people, including Judd Apatow and um, and all of these people, uh, Gary Shanling, all of these amazing comedians. Yeah. Has, has, people keep giving him a break. People keep giving him a shot because they see how hard he works and how he's willing to work super hard. And he starts to build this cult following. He has a high point in like 1998 or nine. And then from like 1988 or nine, To 2009, when he's on Breaking Bad, he literally had failure after failure after failure. He had 10 years of every year putting out a pilot, putting out a movie, directing this, directing that. And he breaks it down in his book. And he's like, guys, this is going to be painful to go through. But he goes through the fact that every year he tried one, two, three, four new things. And for 10 years straight, nothing worked. But But it worked just enough that people would keep giving him a shot. And he just kept going enough that the next idea sparked enough interest and curiosity that he could try something and nothing worked. And then finally he gets this show breaking bad only because he was a million dollars in debt from things not working. And he was desperate and he's like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. I need to earn some money. I need to pay my mortgage. And that ended up being the thing that was the crazy thing that blew him up. And I was like, my goodness, like one super hard work ethic Two. Just going from idea to idea to idea and chasing them down, and ultimately it was his network. it was the people. it wasn 't the fans, it was the people who watched how hard he worked. It was the people who kept giving him a shot because they knew that eventually something would be the thing that hit, and I was like, "Oh my goodness that's crazy
0: so that, that's a pattern like if you, if you, if you, that pattern is everywhere right if you, if you actually open your eyes and your mind to it, you see it absolutely everywhere and, and the other thing which I find when I work particularly with um, successful business owners, the ones who have already created, let's say eight or nine figure businesses. And remember like that's like in the top 1% of all business owners in the world, right? To even get to that level. They're also incredibly present and not distracted around stuff. So they they get focused back to my, my quote beforehand about do what you say you're gonna do, et cetera, et cetera they consistently just do the things that are going to progress even if it's a small little piece every single day on the faith maybe that it's going to work and it does because they're not worried about looking too far back or looking too far forward and getting again distracted it's a key theme of today's show um and they're just doing the stuff that's going to nudge them forward there's no massive hail mary pass there's no like you know wow i did this thing and it suddenly all worked i don't really know many people who have had that i've met some but it's it's the exception versus the rule
1: and so as we look to 23 and we look to the choppy economic kind of climate um and with all of this opportunity in front of us it seems like the number one thing you need is cash flow or access to cash uh sales and uh managing expenses like if you can just manage the books everything like you can have down periods you can have slow periods you can have quick periods you can like it seems like you are in so much more control if you have cash access to cash managing your expectation or your expenses and have sales is that really what we should be focusing on
0: i don't i don't think there's any excuse for a business owner to not have learned from COVID here right so i i went
1: out i don't know man a lot of people are just like well, it was it was like an exceptional thing. It was a once in a lifetime mm. thing. It was out of my control. I kept my head down. I survived. And when is life like everyone's still waiting for? Yeah, but to see, this is this is I, I went normal. out,
0: I was very public about this. This is one of the things that probably got me my my uh, devil's urine thing. Um, <laughs> I went out and said, like, you know, you, you should have a cash runway, right? You should have The only thing COVID really proved is how exposed a lot of business owners are because they don't think like that. Now, I,
1: I had a cash runway and I used it over two years.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but, but, and then but now but, we're
1: facing a recession. It's like I used my cash to get through the pandemic. Now, this- yeah, I mean,
0: well, I, I had some businesses that worked well and some that didn't work well, but what I did do, I can tell you this is we were very conscious of the investments that we made and the way we made investments over the the period. I mean, I wasn't predicting recessions. I mean, I wasn't even, I don't get into all that sort of forecasting piece. I was just thinking you know what there's a piece here where you've got to be prepared um for the unexpected and the point around whether it was COVID, a world war um something else that can hit us left of field the the, you know there's no excuse to kind of make the same mistake repeatedly right like you know I, i i put out you know some um some grace, if you like, for someone who hasn't been able to get over COVID yet because their business model was fully disrupted. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the ones that pivoted or changed, managed to get back on track or were on track, and then they made the same mistake. They didn't start to be conservative about protecting their business before they started to grow their business. So, in, I'll finish by saying this, right? And I, a lot of my thinking experience comes from that private equity mindset, the stuff that I learned is that when you when you go in or you have a business or you buy a business, the first thing you've got to do is identify the value in the company. Then you need to protect it. Then you need to grow it. Then you need to harvest it. Okay, it's in that order. And a lot of people, they firstly don't know what the value is in their company. They have no idea how to protect it. They focus on growth, but they're building everything on a house of cards. And when they try and harvest it, they realize there's nothing there. Hmm. I
1: feel like we need a, a pause to let that sink in.
0: <laughs> I was getting passionate then, wasn't I? See, this is, this is, this is the point where people go, oh, that was, that was really interesting. Oh, God, I don't want to hear that because I just want Nick to say it's going to be great. It <laughs> <laughs> can be here, great. Here's, here's what be great. I'm hearing.
1: I'm hearing it, it is great. It is great when you take the responsibility and you don't act passively and you uh, look forward and you plan and you try to take control of, of what is. I mean, that's, that's what I'm hearing from you.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think I'll get practical as well because, you know, there are some things that I think have changed in the last three years in terms of business growth strategy that won't go back. And, you know, I was joking a little bit about personal branding because I do think it is important to stand out and have something that makes you unique and remarkable. And obviously you help people with that as well, Mark, so you understand that. But I think the other thing that's not going to go back is, is more partnerships. Strategic partnerships. Most of my, I probably haven't shared this a lot, but most of my my businesses are grown off partnerships. It's it's who is speaking to my ideal clients that I can form a relationship with and have some sort of reciprocal, you know, thing going on where they get value, I get value, right? It's 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 by far and away one of the most effective ways to grow your business that a lot of people aren't doing. So that's the first thing. The second thing I think is is the the use of data properly this whole idea that everything is becoming more data driven you know and and i still i still encounter business owners that don't even have a simple set of metrics and so i'll give you an example in my health world because <laughs> right, we talk about running and all that is I, I i look at my calories and macros and protein every single day you know it, bores the crap out of me if i'm honest but i write down every day what i eat and the reason i stay in reasonable shape if you, that if you look at my 50, cheeks you'll see that that i have not been doing that recently well but it's you look fine dude you know and, and you know you, you went down to like you know a size zero in the in the real world for the last year, so. i got down to a size 28 waist which is like oh man don't do that like if you can get into a, a woman's pair of jeans that's saying something right <laughs> I'm not, I'm not suggesting that I accidentally. Put my, my best, my best friend has done that before and we all laughed at him. We thought it was funny, but the point I'm making here is like, you know, some of these things are kind of fundamentals, right? Like metrics, Know know your numbers, not just your profit and loss, but know the metrics that are going to drive, you know, what's important in your business leads, whatever it is. Right. Um, have more of a focus on strategic partnerships because when, when things do get constricted or everyone feels like things are constricting, in other words, there's scarcity out there the good thing to do then is it's a bit like imagine you're stuck out at sea and the big ship has sunk right instead of you just floating around in the ocean like thinking oh where's the next shark going to come and get me you're better off to kind of pull everything together maybe build a raft with some other people and kind of you know all kind of pull together to 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 be able to survive that situation It's the same thing when the world constricts economically okay so and so my view on that is you've got to have those things in place. If you try and do it by yourself when, when the rest of the world is doing what it's trying to do, which is trying to kind of, you know, make you stop or slow down, um, you know, you're going to get sucked into that vortex and you want to make sure that you're not.
1: I, I really, I really love that. And, and that, again, just to go full circle, because we're coming up to the end of the hour. One of the greatest things that you've taught me, and just being around you and, and even listening to your content, but mostly just watching how you work, you've, you've taught me the power of network. You've taught me that, um, that it's okay not to have to own every single thing. And, and that's something as a startup entrepreneur myself, it's like, I like my ideas better than your ideas. I like what I build better than what you build. I wanna own it, I wanna be at the top. And so just having um, a smaller piece of something where, where um, we're collaborating, like where, where it, it binds you together. And it's not always even about that. This is what's interesting about how you operate. It's not only always just about this opportunity or this venture or this partnership, it's actually, you, you sometimes use that venture, that partnership, that opportunity as just a way to bind you to someone who's, who's really great and cool for what might be next.
0: And also my own learning, my own education. So, so again, this, back to sort of maybe some hacks for people who are listening to this. And we, we touched on sleep at the beginning, so we should talk about that. I mean, we talked about it probably before we press record, but yeah, we'll we talk did. about hacks. But, um, but you know, I, I think one of the number one or certainly one of my number one productivity hacks is getting into rooms with people who are just doing amazing things like and doing things that are maybe on a bigger scale than what I'm doing. I mean that that is like the productivity hack for me because it A does two things. It stops me seeing all the other stuff that's going on. Remember, I'm still human. I can still see things in the world which are, you know, I can be sucked into if I let myself be like that. But if but if I'm around other people who are who are kind of thinking more expansively, I then think more expansively. So I don't operate in the way that the masses are. So that that's a productivity hack because it's allowing me to make different decisions, which then means I take different actions. And if I consistently do those actions, I'm gonna be back to this attrition point. I'm gonna be miles ahead by the end of whatever we're about to go through. And everyone can do that. Nothing I've said there is like unique to me. It's accessible to all of us, right? But what is unique
1: and, and what, I, what I think you can't overlook is that if you are, if, as a listener, if, if you are planning to do this, Make sure that you think, we have talked about personal brand a little bit, but make sure you really understand and think about who you are when you join those rooms. Like, what do you bring to the table? What do you bring to the party? What makes you unique? Uh, People really tend to get upset with influencers because people don't like people who are someone just for having done that thing that made them famous. People like people, especially in business who have this like hidden background, who have done the work, who have been in the trenches, who, you know, and so Nick, you relying on your MA background and all of your experiences and then your transition to wanting to help, um, you know, small and medium-sized businesses, whether that's seven-figure or eight-figure or even nine-figure, be able to go through this was all great from a scaling point of view. But it's really when you leaned into that one little niche, that one little thing that you actually do better than anyone else that I've watched not only the people gravitate to you more when you go into these rooms, but you had something. And I was analyzing this all through the summer Yeah, interesting. because I was in rooms you were in, but frankly, I didn't work hard enough to really niche down to like, Hey, we are going to not only be a branding strategy company, we not only have this amazing process, we not only do these other things, like we're going to focus specifically on like the positioning and the offer and making sure you show up at the right way in the right time saying the right things looking the right like and even then it may not be valuable enough compared to like when you walk into the room and you say hey i have all this experience i've done all these things but this is what i bring to the party
0: yeah and that was a journey and again for everyone listening that was a journey and people who have listened to me for the last three or four years will have seen that journey right and i'm happy to unpack it as well you know over time as we have these conversations but but i think the learning for me was and everyone said this right everyone says it but until you really hear it it doesn't make sense okay and and I used to say and I still say this a lot but I used to say at the very beginning when I started the the podcast that focus is a superpower it used to be one of my my sayings don't even know where I got it from I think it was just something that I I connected with and it's the same point like you can do a lot of different things from your experience I can do a lot of different things from my experience If I turn up, you know, to the market stall and put everything out there on on the table, it kind of gets lost until, until you, until you can do one thing brilliantly that everyone understands and there's value to it. And you just consistently talk about that thing. Everything else I have found, certainly when you're in a certain sort of phase of startup to scale up, everything else becomes more difficult until you get that, until you understand that point. So, so that, that, that was, that was scale back. <laughs> I like I scale like back.
1: You've you've you, you you've embraced the name. Welcome to another scale back episode.
0: Well, it's, okay. So 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 what's cool, right? Is like as I said beforehand. This is this is more of a of a, a kind of laid back version of the show where we can kind of go behind the scenes a little bit of everything that happens. Like I might go and teach on an episode uh, some I don't know M and A strategy or some crazy you know how do you do evaluation with trigonometry thing right and that's all great if someone wants to just take that away and use it but sometimes it's the the how you got to that which is interesting so this is almost like what do we say we say it's almost like a magazine right magazine has different features has different articles you can flick in you can dive into those different pieces the purpose of this was really to kind of have that backwards and forwards so that i'm sure there's lots of things that people have learned on this last hour but it hasn't been formulaic right <laughs> It's just been whatever comes out, comes out.
1: There you go. So we're going to do this once a month. We're going to have more conversations each time. We'll be able to catch up,
0: and uh, of course, what, what do you what do you
1: typically say? Like, make sure to subscribe. Smash oh no, I have my. Button. Button.
0: No, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so much. But what I will say is this: we are going to have themes, right? So we're going to have three to five themes. Some of those are going to be from stuff that's happening right now. So it could be about the economy. It could be like you know, if Elon Musk sold Tesla, we'd probably talk about that. <laughs> How's that going to change the world? That'd be interesting for people. But if you have any ideas around themes that you'd like us to go backwards and forwards on, or maybe it's a big question that has stumped you in your business and you'd like some perspectives, send those through. You can reach out to myself or to Mark. Probably send something to me. so Nick Bradley, I'm on LinkedIn, or you can go to my website, which is scaleupwithnickbradley.com. And just let us know what you would like to hear. So I'll wrap up as Mark's had to to run off and this is the first episode of Scale Back. As I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.